to the Thumbs Up Podcast with Chad and Megan. Week five. Here we are, babe. Here we are. Week five. How did we get here so quick? I don't know. It just feels like we just started this journey and it's already been over a month. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. We just want to say, hey, thank you to everybody that's, you know, listened and shared and supported us so far. Um, Everybody do us a favor. Go follow us on social media. Go and, uh, you know, share our content, share our podcast with everybody. Um, The more, you know, views and listens we get, the the more we're able to do this. So thank you so much um, for your support already. Meg. Yeah. We've got a pretty, a pretty big topic tonight. I know. So we're going to get into it. And uh, guys, this topic is, is something that's kind of close to our heart right now. And it's, it's a big reason of why we wanted to start doing the podcast in general, because we, we genuinely want to help people and parents. We want to empower parents and, and, and help students and, and young adults. Um, but before we get into that, mm-hmm. Megan, I have the question of the week. Okay, I'm ready. Tell us about the worst haircut you've ever received and give a good description of what it looked like. Oh, um, you know who Lord Farquaad is? Oh my <laughs> goodness. Well, my mom decided that she should give me and Ginger, or Ginger and I, bangs herself when we were about 10 years old maybe like in fifth grade and she just kept cutting you know to get the bangs even but then the bangs just got shorter and shorter what a menace and it was not a good look oh my goodness do you have any pictures of this that i can see 100 million percent I'm going to need you to show me these. I have like 5,000 pictures from my childhood. You're so going to have know. to show me these pictures. I know this is documented. <laughs> this is fantastic. I'm kind of a similar story for me. So my dad would cut my hair and uh, there was, so my hair back in the day, it's, it's a lot thinner now. <laughs> I'll just say that. But back in the day, I had really thick, like Justin Bieber bangs, you know, and my I feel like my dad had it in his head that if it was cold outside, I needed more hair to stay warm. Like I was like a caveman. Yeah. You know what I mean? So one time my dad literally just kind of pushed my bangs as far down as they would go and then cut them at the eyebrows. And when my bangs sprung back up, they were like in the middle of my five head. Yeah. And I cared so much about what other people thought about me. Mm. It was... Terrible. The haircut was terrible. I remember <laughs> crying to my dad after the fact and being like, Dad. See, my story's a little different. At, at the time, I didn't realize it was bad. It's only looking back on them, on the pictures, that I'm like, wow. Why did my mother let me leave the house looking like that? It's crazy what parents will do to a child. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm sure will you know do some things to Bennett but I can't wait to mess up Bennett's life a little bit in some capacity like that you know but hey we're doing better than our parents because (laughs) we took him to a professional haircutting place to get his first haircut I know we we did him right that was sad like it was it wasn't sad in the fact that he got his first haircut he needed it 
He did need it. He had a rat's nest. It was sad in the fact that he didn't look like my baby anymore. Yeah, he, he looked, looked like, like a, a big kid. He looked like a grown man. <laughs> he looked like he had a credit score and a good job with a 401k. I wish, man. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> that, that boy needs to start pulling his weight around here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that was a... I just want to see pictures now. I don't have any pictures of me because we weren't very good at documenting life as a family. I'll pull but them I, out later. I know your mom has oh. a million pictures of you. I'll pull them out later. Oh, appreciate it. That should be the thumbnail for <laughs> no, it for the Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> no, no, oh, okay. Well, I guess let's jump in to the topic, huh? Okay. So. So, Chad, did you know it's boo? Season. It's boo season. <laughs> oh, is that because it's spooky season or because all of the holidays coming up? It's because it's getting cold. You want someone to cuddle up with. You want a boo. You want someone to get you a good Christmas present. Take you to mm. see the Christmas lights. Have some hot chocolate by the fire. I don't know about the fire, but People I'm always down for hot chocolate. To boo up, as the kids say. <laughs> I don't think the kids say that, honey. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I mean, I guess that segues into what we're talking about then, huh? Yeah, we're talking about what? We're talking about relationships and healthy intimacy within those relationships, specifically um, within the confines of marriage. Yeah. Which I feel like in this culture, a lot of our teenagers are missing because of what the world says. And I mm-hmm. don't feel, and this is just, based off of things I've seen with um you know at our previous church uh and and even here like I've seen some of the the things that can go wrong right with with relationships and intimacy being taken too far um and parents let me just take this moment if you are a parent listening to this and you have a teenager um young adult coming coming into you know adulthood and thinking about marriage and all this you have a say in your child's life and the things that they see and the things that they are participating in, even when it seems hard and there's going to be fights. I just want I just want to empower you with that. You have a voice in your household and you have biblical authority that God has given you to change the situation. And we have a burden as parents to share godly wisdom right. with um, our children and this is just a reminder that God's wisdom is protection and it's loving um, you can't out love God um, so following his rules and his will is really just as loving and protecting as you can be as a parent in our opinion oh absolutely and I think I think it's really interesting talking about, you know, sexual intimacy between like in relationships mm-hmm. right now, because if you look at like a lot, every study I looked at said the same thing, that a majority of self-identified Christians, 50, uh, 57% say that sex between unmarried adults in a committed relationship is sometimes or always acceptable. Mm-hmm. And the number plummets when you talk about uh, casual um, intimacy between unmarried people like mm-hmm. it's it's it it blows my mind at what the culture says 
is okay because here's the reality of it is God made the the relationship between husband and wife such a beautiful thing like a beautiful bonding experience right Mm -hmm. and the enemy Satan has taken this beautiful concept that God has created and he's just twisted it Mm -hmm. and perverted it into something that it was never meant to be yeah but that's the thing about sin though right because God made it beautiful like it still feels beautiful like it still feels like a good thing even though it leads to emotional incompetency yeah so um why don't you tell us what god's word actually says since we now heard the cultural perspective oh god's got a lot to say so this is coming (laughs) from first corinthians this is paul talking um and he says it is good for a man not to have sexual relationships with a woman but because of the temptation to sexual immorality each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. See, and this is God's like... I would say this is a hot take. (laughs) I wouldn't even say this is a hot take. This is coming straight from the Bible. Like Yes. Like Paul is telling you... Um, talking to the church of Corinth, like, hey, your sexual immorality is not okay. Right. And you need to have a wife and you need to have a husband for this mm-hmm. to be right in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. Like, this is a very strong stance by Paul, but like... Go, Paul. Go, Paul, but you see why this is such a, a strong thing. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember that this has lasting effects, right? This is not just some mistake you make at a young age and it just goes away um i think a big problem is how young kids are being introduced to things these days oh absolutely Um, it's so easily accessible even if like they don't have that that talk with their parent like you know and i mean you were talking about this i don't think there's a wrong age to start having the conversation about you know from an age appropriate perspective from an age appropriate perspective each time and giving it in pieces that they understand until they reach a point where you know they need the full detail and explanation but um why don't you go into maybe a little bit of your story um because when we first met this is one of the things that was really shocking to me is how young of an age you were exposed. Are you talking about just like the talk in general or are you talking about to... Just the talk and like sexual things because I just, that was not my experience and I've now realized as I've gotten older and been in ministry that that is a lot of children's um, experience. Right. And it used to shock me but not so much anymore but maybe you could go into a little bit of how you were exposed. Yeah, so, I mean, I started asking questions really early, and I think it had to do with a lot of the things that, even on TV, I was able to see. Yeah. Um, censorship back in the day wasn't really a thing, I feel like, when I was younger, or at least what was on the TV at my household was not censored very well. Mm-hmm. So I had questions really early, and my parents did the best they could and just told me what they knew, and... 
I would say to some degree, probably explained a little too much. And I was at the time, I was probably seven at this point having these conversations. But I was exposed to pornography and sexual images and videos and things like that at the age of like 11. I think it was fifth grade. By a neighbor, right? Well, I mean, kind of a neighbor. It was one of my closest friends at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a grade above me, but he came to my house. And this is right when wi-fi was getting big and you could plug into the router and no more dial up (laughs) right no more dial up so we had we had the quickest speeds in the neighborhood you know what i mean yeah so he came over to my house and he's like hey watch this looked something up and for a long time i'd say that really messed me up mentally and emotionally because i found myself looking at relationships in the light of the pornography that I was exposed to and watching Mm -hmm. regularly. That was my idea of what a relationship should be as opposed to what God created it to be, which is this beautiful union between husband and wife. And I think what's really dangerous is that your perspective was warped from such a young age. Oh, yeah. Um, But like you said, this is something that we really feel a burden to share about and talk about and God is really kind, and as we were kind of praying this week and studying up, um, I found something in one of my devotionals, and it's called Finding Jesus in the Old Testament, Um, and it's by Lisa Turkhurst and Joel Mutamale, and um, it's talking about God's law, right, and how God's law is good for us, and it has this little... um, insert about love and I think this is really what you're talking about so I'm going to read this little passage it says we are inundated with ideas of what love looks like even our culture suggests that we love others but that love is often motivated by our own desires there's no shortage of advertisements and tv shows that make love look more like a temporary thrill than an unselfish foundation to a lasting relationship. Our cultural perspective on love may be momentarily exciting, but in the end will probably leave us feeling more empty and confused. And I feel like that's kind of where you were left. Oh, absolutely. Because here's the thing, like sin in general is fun. Right? Mm -hmm. Like when you look at just anything you can do that's sinful, it always feels good in the moment. Right. But it's never lasting. No. It's, it's, I feel good now and in the morning I'm going to feel terrible. There's like a crash almost of realizing what went wrong. The serotonin dies down, the endorphins aren't hitting as hard, and then you realize what you did Mm -hmm. was a mistake. Like I would, like the first time that um, I was, you know, sexually intimate. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like in the moment it was even I would say even like 30 minutes after I was like, what did I just do? Yeah. You were also really young, which is kind of yeah <laughs> disturbing. And this and this is <laughs> not the, funny, but it's just like I'm laughing because it's so unbelievable to me. Yeah, it's. But it's a serious issue, and this is not just you. This is so many kids' stories, and this is why we're passionate about it. Because, you know, we wish we had people to maybe protect us a little better when we were younger. And we feel like this is a call, if you're listening, to parents to 
give that godly wisdom and protection that your children deserve. Um, well, this is honestly a call for you parents to do anything necessary to protect the purity yeah. of your kids because it's important. Like I said, if like I want you to take me as an example because I was emotionally incompetent in mm-hmm. looking for something to fill a void. Yeah. And I thought I could fill that with with drugs. I thought I could fill that with doing illegal things. I thought I could fill that with with oh with relationships that weren't going to last that were only yeah. providing me with momentary happiness or momentary mm-hmm. joy or what I thought was happiness and joy when in reality joy and happiness only come through Jesus, only come through a relationship with the Father. And mm-hmm. I think when you have that relationship with the Father and you have an understanding of what he calls you know, marriage to be. Yeah. Like you understand that union and that joy that comes from that. I mean, what does he say in First Thessalonians, right? He, mm-hmm. I think it, yes, First Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8, um, for this is the will of God, that mm-hmm. your sanctification, that you abstain, that you don't do <laughs> sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body and holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. Now listen to this. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. And what's one of the fruits of the Spirit? self-control and i think it's important to pause here for parents because who in the world would just know how to do that perfectly from a young age right nobody who would know how to abstain and control their desires or even know what their desires are and i think as parents we should almost look at it like you're teaching a child how to drive right are you just going to be like, get in the car, see you tomorrow. Here's the keys. Have a you good make trip. It. You're not. No, of course not. And this is wisdom that God has given us as we become adults, as we get into healthy relationships, as we learn from our past mistakes. And I think that's, you know, how we need to go about it with teenagers today is give them, like you said, little bits and pieces from a young age. Give yeah. them understanding. And say, hey, this is what God has called us to do. Here's how I keep from having these impure thoughts. You know, as a man, like what is like a youth group thing? Like tell the boys to look at, what is it? Like point your eyes away. What is that thing? Oh, I. this wasn't like my youth pastor didn't even do this with me. Is like bounce your eyes or something like that. Yeah, like look at the something. Right. And uh, <laughs> like some, if you see something in public, that's dicey right and and i think i think that's a great advice is you know to have that self-control to say i'm not going to look at that i'm going to look somewhere else but but we have to teach our children but these yes things. you have to teach self-control you have to you have to teach them that you know one like it's normal for you to be attracted to yeah. you know women or for men uh, for men to be attracted to women for, for women to be attracted to men but there's also, like, again, the Holy Spirit provides and gives you self-control. And we have guidance from people in our lives, parents, that's you, youth, 
pastors and leaders, that's you if you're listening to this, for some of those kids that don't have parental supervision at home, is to be that help and that guiding hand. Something that my students hate that I do, but I think it's so funny because like one day they're going to look back and be like, man, that's a good thing I had that, mm-hmm. is I have real conversations with a lot of my guy students if they're in relationships, and I say, hey, what's your purity looking like right now? Like, are y'all yeah. okay? Are you doing okay? Is there something that you need to talk about? Can I help you? Yeah. Is there any resources? Like, I think an accountability partner is a really good um, tool to implement in absolutely. relationships. As long as you're honest. Yeah. As long as you're honest, uh, accountability, uh, people to, that you're accountable to is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and be careful who your children are hanging around. Um, I think that is something that... Don't let them be like me and get exposed to something from a friend. Well, and I'll just be vulnerable here for a minute is when you're not watching your own children, they can go and harm other children. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of my first introduction to anything sexual is I had a boyfriend who had probably been watching porn or something for a long time. And he had all these ideas of what we should be doing. And I didn't even know what any of it was, right? And I honestly just didn't know how to say no um, from a young age. And I didn't know how to have boundaries or what I believed or why I believed it. And I think that's something that's really important to teach your children so they can stand up for their own beliefs, you know? Um because just children from a young age should not be leading any other children in the way of relationships, you know, that God has set a standard. And that's, I believe, on parents to help their children live up to that Absolutely. standard. And I'll say this, and just solely based on the fact that, you know, we we didn't wait for one another. Yeah, it's sad. It was, this was probably one of the most gut-wrenching conversations that I think I'd, I'd ever had in my life is when, you know, we, I don't even think we were even seriously, like, even thinking about dating. We were just talking and we were having mm-hmm. these conversations. And, um, but I, like, I don't know. I, I felt really close to you from the get-go, and I, I just knew <laughs> that you were going to be my wife. Yeah. Like, I told you, like, I knew very, very early on that I was going to marry you. Mm-hmm. And so... It was weird having this conversation with you like I did not wait on you. Yeah. And and I think that's what we're talking about is the cultural idea is to sell this idea that that's something cool and that's something to promote and be proud of. Right. But when you are a Christian and when you have to look one another in the eyes and tell them your past mistakes, you know. That's a not that you're not forgiven and not that you can't be redeemed, but that is your past and there are consequences from it and that you're right. That is a tough conversation. And I think that's probably one of both of our biggest regrets is that we didn't wait for each other. Yeah. And, I and that we had the wrong idea from such a young age. Oh yeah, our, Because our, I would say I was probably like 16 when I started getting the wrong age, which is still way too young. Well, it's not 11. Our minds are so warped based off of what 
the world said was okay or based off things yeah. that we were allowing ourselves to look at. And mm-hmm. parents, yes, it's it's your responsibility, but kids, students, if you're listening to this, turn to Jesus now. Like you need to learn self-control because maybe there's someone that's listening right now and you don't have a strong parental like guidance in the household Mm -hmm. I didn't and after I gave my life to Jesus I had to really teach myself a lot of things about and you had to pray I'm sure for self-control 100% I mean self-control is not something we can just decide it's not something you just wake up and you have like you're just the master you have to rely on the Holy Spirit 100% and I, I genuinely think it's important that if even if you don't have that, you know, that accountability at home, you need to seek out that accountability yeah. in somebody, mm-hmm. whether that be a youth pastor, whether that be um, somebody else's parent that you trust, whether that be a teacher, like somebody to hold you and to these I'd, biblical principles. I think more adults just need to tell children the truth. Yeah. Tell them their past experiences and things they wish they would have done differently um, because love really is unselfish. Love waits. I really do believe that if you love someone, you want God's will for their life. And that means that you want to wait until you are in a godly marriage to be involved in any kind of sexual relationship yes and and let me say this just on the off chance that there's some couple listening to this podcast and you're not married and you think well I'm in a committed relationship it's still not okay yeah because here's the thing I've had several friends that have been in committed relationships for years and let it go too far with the intimacy Mm -hmm. and they break up because here's the here's the thing like that is a that is a tie yeah. That is a tie that you're creating with somebody in a bond. It's an emotional creating. bond. It's, yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's hard too because like I didn't want to break up with someone if I did that because I would convince myself in my mind like, oh, I'm only going to do this because we're going to get married one day. Right. And, and then you don't want to break up because you're poo. like oh, well, I already did this, so, like, I kind of feel like I have to marry this person. Exactly. That was just my warped, non-educated Christian perspective. No, absolutely. It just leads down a rabbit hole of things that you just don't want to bring into your life from a young age. Absolutely. Waiting is always better. Waiting is always better. And I I think that there's two challenges here Mm -hmm. today. One is, like I said earlier, the call to parents. Any means necessary to protect your child's purity Mm -hmm. and the other challenge is to the child any means necessary to protect your own purity yeah because it's important it is honestly one of the biggest assets that you have right now Mm -hmm. is your your purity and i just want to encourage people before we in this episode is that we were able to be redeemed from our past sin before we got together and we're able to have a pure and loving relationship together. So if you have made mistakes, God has more for you. And I'm really, really grateful to you, Chad, that you did work on yourself so that we could have this relationship and we could 
have our first experience be on our wedding night and it be funny and something to talk about and have together for the rest of our lives and know that we honored God from the very beginning with our marriage and we want that for everyone listening absolutely and thank you for you know all the work that you did on your end as well yeah um love is unselfish even if it's hard love is patient love is kind oh bringing out the first corinthians 13 yeah. <laughs> here I am. um look. i'm sure we'll talk more about this and our stories oh, maybe yeah, more and just this topic is just something that that always comes up and it's and always needs needed. to be talked about yeah um but again uh thank you for listening thank you so much for, and hear, for tuning in hear this this week jesus really loves you and he wants the best for you he loves you loves jesus you. loves you so much thank you guys we'll see you next week bye